Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. All right, all right. Glory to God. How are we doing today? Yeah, I use my Bible. How about you? <laughs> wow, it is good to be here. I guess those that are watching today around the world, are we streaming right now? I think we're good. Good morning. How are you? How are we doing here today? Well, I'm glad to be here. It's good to be a sub to somebody that wants you to do something. Pastor Mark called yesterday right in the middle of me doing something. I was studying, my, getting ready to preach tonight in the prison, which I will anyway, but I had to stop doing that to go and talk to God about something for you. Amen? Amen. We just can't just run in here with anything. We have to have something right for the atmosphere. Amen? Amen. I want you to go to Luke with me today, chapter 19, but I, I, uh, I'm reminded of uh, Paul when he got off of the ship. And he was headed to Rome, and, and it was cold, and shipwrecked, and he went over to pick up some firewood, and the Bible says a viper latched onto him, and, and so it said that he had to shake it off. I mean, just know that sometimes you got to shake some things off. Let's just kind of go like this right here. Let's shake some things off. Y'all kind of acting like the first uh, 8 o'clock people. <laughs> Somebody say, shake it off. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, getting rid of some things and shaking some things off. A couple of weeks ago, I was in uh, Houston, Texas. I went to do two things and visit my mother who had had a, uh, a, a mini stroke, and she's doing well now. I prayed over my mama, and mama's doing much better, the last report I got. So I was in Houston, Texas, hanging out with my mother, and also I went to do something else that needed to be done. I was talking to the lady that I visit on death row every Sunday, I do communion with her. I talk to her about her family, and I share with her about mine. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, she said, Pastor Jesse, you really need to go and bring honor to your father. Because 51 years ago, I walked away from my father's gravesite, And I hadn't gone back in 51 years until a couple of weeks ago, as I went back to visit my dad's grave to bring honor. But I don't know about you, but sometimes in life, you can't hang on to things. And if you hang on to things, you're operating at ground zero. Can I get amen? amen? And so today, I want to bring you up a notch from where you are with my experience. As I was there in Houston, I didn't go to preach. I really went to go and settle some things out at the gravesite with my father. Like I said, I hadn't been there in 51 years and so I was there in the church, and someone told the pastor that I was there. I went up and gave him a hug, and he said, wire him up. I was like, I didn't come to preach, guy. I just came to sit in the audience and take it all in. In fact, two of my sisters were sitting in the back row of the church, and I went in, and I quietly asked them had they backslidden. <laughs> and so I, I got the call to come up. And so I shared with them why I was in Houston a couple of weeks ago. And when I got to telling them my story and how I had held on to the hurts and the pains of yesterday from my father, and I, and I came to go to a cemetery and, and make it right and leave all that stuff out in the, in the cemetery. And so we went out there, and I didn't want to go and just pray for myself, so we took a Baptist preacher with us. 
And the Baptist preachers, they know how to get after it. I was like, brother, come on now. You got to close this out in a minute. You know how they say, I'm going to close in a minute. Can I get an amen? <laughs> but they did. It took a while, but he prayed over us. And in fact, there are a lot of preachers in our family. And there was one of the cousins that went with us. And he prayed over us that we would leave everything out in that grave site that day, all the hurts and pains. And so we didn't even know where the grave site was. And I really wanted to leave, and we took shovels and rakes, and we are going to build up the, the grave site. It was sunken in. It was dilapidated because for some reason, none of the family had gone back for whatever reason. My reason was hurt and pain, and so I left all that there. And so we didn't even know where the grave site was, and we pulled over on the road where we thought it was, on this little country road. And some guy comes by. The first truck comes by. It's a white pickup. Never will forget it. He pulls over, and we go, hey, we're looking for a grave site. We have no idea where it is. And he goes, I know a rat where it is. <laughs> he said, because I bought that property not knowing that that grave site was on that property. I mean, if it's no, if God is in it, you'll get it done. Right. I didn't want to come back and lead that. I didn't want to bring that back with me. And so he took us to that grave site. And we walked around, and we finally found my dad's grave. It was, like I said, sunken in, dilapidated. Today, I want you to shake some things off of you that the past has kept you held down with. Amen? Amen. I want to bring you up from ground zero to another place in life. We're going to look at the life of a tax collector this evening. And uh, in Luke chapter 19, a tax collector who is tired of being categorized. Anybody tired of being put in a category? You want to go to a new level? We as Christians ought to be a top chef. Can I get an Amen. amen. I don't want you telling me where I should be. I'm telling you where I am today, man. And so as we look at this, this little tax collector in Luke 19, verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, or Zacchaeus, I call him Zac. He was a chief tax collector, and he was what? He was wealthy. I mean, it seems like he's got a great job. He's wealthy. What could be missing in his life? And here's what was missing in his life. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Somebody say roadblocks. There are times in life when you want to go to a higher dimension in life, but there are roadblocks that stop you or keep you from approaching the, where you want to get to in life. My roadblock was giving up my hurt and pain, getting in my car and driving to Houston, Texas, and getting rid of all that pain and hurt. And so my roadblock has been moved. What about yours? I want to talk to you about your roadblock today to success. And verse 4 says, So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree, a sycamore fig tree, to see him since Jesus was coming that way. In other words, he was saying, I'm not letting anything stop me today. I don't care what it is that happened in my life or didn't happen. Today is the day that I find a better place to go. I'm coming off of ground zero in life. I'm going to do something different. I've carried this long enough. And so what Zach has done is he has placed himself in position to change the odds. Can I get an amen? He came from ground zero to place himself in the tree he's in the right spot so when jesus reached the spot he looked up and said to him zach come down immediately i must stay at your house today now boy i tell you what that's pretty good when jesus said i'm going to your house today 
How many of you in here today that can say Jesus invited himself to my house? Come on, somebody. I'd love to have that on my resume every day. That Jesus invited himself to my house. And Zach didn't say, let me pray about it. Let me talk to the pastor. Let me call Dr. Phil. The Bible said he came down what? Immediately at once. And he said, I'm going to stay at your place today. Verse 6 says, so he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be a guest of the sinner. He's gone to hang out with an infidel, an atheist, a non-believer. Dumb the kind of people we want to come to our church, amen? They got to go somewhere to get a word, don't they? And so here they are. There's always a naysayer in the middle of God trying to change something. God is wanting to change something, and they don't want Jesus hanging out. And boy, tax collectors were put in some pretty bad categories back in the day. They called them prostitutes and heathens and infidels. And so here's Jesus inviting himself to an infidel's house. But Zacchaeus stood up, and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back how many times the amount? Now, how many of you know you got to change your thinking to come off of ground zero? And when you start reaching into your pocket and doing this, you have certainly come off of ground zero. You know what's the last thing to come to church? Your money. That's the last thing to come to church is our money most of the time. You'll come and check out our church. You love our, our children's care center, and you love this. You love the preaching, and then eventually we'll give in, and we'll turn loose of the money. It said it was a $100 bill and a dollar bill at the bus stop. And the $100 bill says to the dollar, where are you going? He said, oh, I'm going to church. <laughs> and the dollar bill says to the $100 bill, how about you? He says, oh, I'm headed to Vegas. I'll leave that alone. <laughs> so here he is. He's in a position to change what he feels. And he came down, and you notice that there's change. He's talking about, if I have cheated, I'm going to give it back. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Because this man, too, is a son of Abram. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And so my assignment this morning is leaving ground zero. I believe that Jesus said this, and he said it loud so those naysayers on the outside the house could hear. Well, I only came for one reason. That was to save the, the, the lost and the sick. That's why I came. Did y'all get that? <laughs> and because I've come to this house, salvation has come to this house. Amen. What the spirit of the living God is, that's change. And I had all this time to drive to Houston by myself I didn't have to stop with grandkids and all of that. What a blessing. <laughs> and I was just by myself, and occasionally I would talk to Siri, and then I would turn her off. And so I get to going down uh, toward Houston. I see Fort Worth, and I see uh, 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 Dallas. I see Fort Worth. I say, Siri, take me to Richmond, Texas. And I just trusted her. And I, everywhere she told me to go, that's where I went. I didn't even say why. I saw every pig. Every horse, buffalo, llama, cotton fields. That's when I really started going fast. <laughs> Anybody ever pick cotton up in here? 
Am I the only one? Hey, that's pretty good for a little cotton picker out of Texas standing here today. Come on, somebody. God is good, amen. And so today we're going to look at the life of a tax collector that wants to live life at a higher dimension. Anybody wants to do that today? You want to take it up a notch. Take it up a notch in your marriage. Take it up a notch in your thinking and process your life. Listen, there are more dimensions in life than where we are right now. Don't let anything stop you. I, I had to go and get that off of me. But here's a thought right here. If America would put down all of our little social gadgets and focus on our moral decline, God would be so pleased right now. If we would just sit them down, I like the gadgets, and uh, I trusted Siri on the way to Houston. But at some time in our lives, if we'll put those little things down and go back to basics, and we won't look for all the answers on social media, but we'll try and find a few answers on our needs. Does that make sense today? There are times when we share one with another, but there are times when I have to get alone and get with God and say, God, what do I do? What do I say to Mosaic this morning? What, what, what do we read? I'm going to share my experience with them. And so as I'm in Houston, they wire me up and I go and I, I get to preach on that Sunday. And as I finish telling them the same story I just told you and may have went a different direction than I'm going today. And I gave the invitation at the end of the sermon. And three quarters of the church came forward stating that they had things in their lives that were keeping them at ground zero in their thinking. I preached and preached and preached and had great time in my life, but I was holding on to a ground zero offense, and boy, it was nice to turn it loose and leave it where it needs to be. Amen? Amen. And so I want to encourage you today with the life of Zacchaeus, of Zach, today that he wanted to come out of the the category that he was in as a thief and a chief tax collector and even the Bible said that if you take a sister or a brother to the church and then to the people and they don't repent he said put them in the category as a pagan tax collector it's pretty bad isn't it that's how they looked at tax collectors but here's a young man who decided that I'm done with this and so he's going to prioritize a heart change somebody say a heart change over behavior modification. You don't need to modify your behavior. America needs a heart change. That's what we need. We don't need to modify the things that we, we just need to change our hearts and not modify our behavior. Can I get an amen? amen? We can actually stop right there and have revival, but I'll keep going. Because we need change. Where I go and the, the, the call of God on my life is going out of prisons and these people don't really need modifications of their behavior. They need a heart change and their hearts are changing. Amen? Amen. And those that change their hearts are the ones that integrate back into society and you don't even know they're an inmate unless they tell you. But the ones that come out and just modify their behavior, you'll see them on the 6 o'clock news with handcuffs on. Saying that I didn't do it. Yes, you did. <laughs> My wife is, she's funny. She'll see one of the girls in trouble on the 9 o'clock news or whatever. She'll go, boy, I hope she can sing in the choir. <laughs> Judge, jury, executioner. That's Sister Buffett. She don't cut you no slack. Boy, I hope she can sing when she get to you, honey. 
And so this man is looking for a change. He is going to turn to Jesus instead of running away from Jesus during times of doubt. You ever done that before? Times of doubt, you run the other way. No, that's when you got to suck it up, man. You got to get after it right there. You don't run from Jesus. You run to Jesus. And all of us are going through some things. You know, in, in my neighborhood, I'm the, I'm the neighborhood pastor. And a man comes yesterday and he goes, uh, I got some problems with my kids. I was like, whoa, welcome to the club, dude. <laughs> I say, sit or spell. <laughs> Let's talk about some stuff. And I was, he was telling me about his little problems he was at. Really, I wanted him to say, get out of here. You ain't, you ain't got no problems. You ought to hear what I'm going through. <laughs> so, so we got every, all of us have something going on. But we can't stay in that position. We got to do something different. It might have to be dramatic. It had to be something crazy. Like little Zach, he runs ahead. He's like, I can't see through the crowd. America's trying to see, but they just can't see. He said, I can't see. There are people standing in front of him. And he says, you know what? I don't care today about roadblocks. I'm going to beat every roadblock today. I'm going to run down that road because Jesus is coming this way. And not only when I run down that road, I'm going to climb up in a tree so Jesus can see me. Somebody say position yourself for a blessing. Yeah, that's what you have to do. Get in position. I remember when I first came here, I ran to the preacher and I said, Woo, I'm so happy I'm saved and ready to do something. He had me a broom. He handed me a broom. And then when I graduated from the broom, they gave me a vacuum cleaner that would pull you through the auditorium. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, honey, I'm moving on up. <laughs> she said, a broom? They gave you a sweeping? That's your ministry? I go, listen, lady, if a witch can go somewhere on a broom, so can I. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I better stop messing around. Let me get through it. <laughs> so here he is. He climbs in a tree in order to see Jesus. He has positioned himself for change in verse 4. His respect for Scripture dramatically increases. He comes in with silver and gold in his hands, and now he understands that thou shall not steal. Amen? Amen. Why? Because he's come from ground zero. He's, his thinking has changed. So he's coming in with all his gold, and he realized now that I'm not on ground zero with a thieving mentality. Now I understand scripture, and he is finally able to own up to his mistakes and his sins. And he says, I will pay back four times over what I have stolen. Boy, don't you know those people were ready for some of that restitution? They were saying, hey, you took mine. You took more from me. I know I'd have been screaming out. Four times over, he's going to give it back if he stole from you. How many of us know that you don't do that at ground zero thinking? You just don't do it. He's more generous now because he's living life at a higher dimension. And I'm going to tell you something right now, and then Pastor Mark didn't tell me to say it, and I, I'm just going to say it. You're going to have to learn to be more generous in your giving. Amen? Now, you guys have been wonderful because you have supported uh, the Jesse Buffett Prison Ministry, and give yourselves a hand right there with your giving. Amen. So we've been able to go out and to see lives changed. And so thank you for your giving. 
But he's going to get, he's even more generous because he's sitting around with Jesus now. So the tax collector becomes very generous. And here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And you know what? Somebody had to influence him. Study shows that maybe Zacchaeus knew who Levi was, who was a, a follower of Jesus Christ. And he realized that Levi had given up his H&R Block tax commissioning <laughs> and decided that if he did all of that, gave up all of that to go follow this guy, maybe I should go check into it. You ought to have something in you that someone else wants. There ought to be something about you that someone else likes about you. What do, how do you do this? How do, how do you operate the way that you do? Well, greater is he that's in me than anything else that's in the world. We are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. People ought to want what we have. I believe that Mosaic Church is going to be, it is one of the fastest growing churches in Oklahoma. I believe that. And the more you shine, the more you're going to show them the way. Am I right about it? And so none of these things that happened in his life would have changed had he stayed at ground zero. I wouldn't be feeling the way that I'm feeling now about my father had I stayed in Oklahoma City and not jumped in my car, drove down to Houston, got a shovel and a rake, and got out of that car and went through. We had to go through four gates to get to the gravesite as if the dead people were going to get out. <laughs> four gates. Now, you know you're in the country if you're going through four gates. How many gates does it take? Gate after gate, and not only that, you couldn't leave them open. You had to get out and close every gate. We're like, whose turn is it? <laughs> and so I want you to get it today, though. Whatever is bothering you, whatever has kept you locked into ground zero, church, today is your day. Let it go. I've already had one, two or three testimonies of people, one incredible testimony. Of, of our sister that takes care of our donut ministry. If we ever get rid of that ministry, this church is history. <laughs> and she told, she told me her story. She shared with me. And she said, thank you for the story. And she told me how she had had a problem with her own father, 82 years old. And just recently she flew, she flew in to make some things right. Didn't even know it was gonna happen. But when she got there, the Holy Spirit said, now is your chance. Told her daddy how much she loved him. She said, not only did I tell him how much I loved him, I got up and I cooked him some, some potatoes and some grits and some bacon and some sausage. And I'm like, man, I should have went with you. <laughs> but she got rid of all of that. And so today, I want you to do is I want you to sit your Bibles down and your notepads down for just a moment. We'll get you out of here. And I want you to just think for a moment, because I'm going to stand you up and pray over you. Whatever it is that's bothering you, I don't care if it's an ex-husband, a kid, your dad, your mom, your grandfather, a basketball coach, whatever it is today, somebody say, shake it off. We're going to shake it off. Amen? Amen. And so I want you to bow your heads for a moment and think about 
the thing that has so easily beset you. And today is your day. Now, if you've got it in your mind and in your head and you want to shake it off, I want you to stand up with me right now. And for those of you that are watching the same thing in your house right now, you want to shake that thing off of you and come off of ground zero. And just stand and stretch your hands toward heaven. And for the rest of us that stayed in your seat now, you can join us if you would. While we're on all on one mind, one body, one accord. Father, you see the hands that are in the air today because hurt and pain of yesterday, it steals our destiny and our direction and our purpose. And so today, God, we come with a simple teaching today that leave that stuff at ground zero and come up to a higher dimension. Live life at a higher dimension. All the worry and the things that you cannot change, you can't change it. The story goes that when my father was murdered 51 years ago in a pile of blood, he lay crying out to God saying, God, forgive me of all of my sins and the way I've treated my family. This is the story that a man reported to my mother. So if God forgave my daddy, why am I holding on? It's time to let go of all of that stuff. A divorce, the hurt of, of a divorce and the pain of splitting up children. And oh, by the way, we pray over America today and what's happening with the children around the world. And so God, I come today and I pray over every one of us today, every member here that is standing in your presence, that the spiritual winds of God will blow through our auditorium and change their thought pattern and Soften their hard hearts that are callous toward what happened to them. God, I'm leading the way today. I'm being the example and letting them know, even Pastor Jesse, everybody loves Pastor Jesse, but even I had a problem. Even I had issues. And so today we drop our issues. Mosaic Church will be a church that forgives and a church that repents. Can I get an amen? That's who we are. That's what mosaic means, that we are broken but coming back together. We're putting aside the things that my ex-husband did to me and my ex-wife did to me and my children won't speak to me. Listen to me, the body of Christ, we are sick. If that's what we're carrying into our churches every Sunday, somebody's got to preach it off of you. Can I get an amen? amen? And so that's what we're doing today. So drop it. So God, we honor you in our time today. I thank you, Lord God, for our pastors giving me this opportunity to come and share with my family, my Mosaic family. And God, we honor you and give you praise and glory. Somebody say, leaving ground zero. Say it again, leaving ground zero. Now, I want the ladies, as Mark is coming, I want all the ladies to say this with me, girl power on the count of three. Just because that's what I do with the girls in prison. Now, I want you to say girl power. And the reason I'm saying that is because the ladies carry way more stuff than we do. But y'all, you have power. And so I want you to say it like you mean it on the count of three. Girl power. One, two, three. Girl power. Oh, no, no, no. One, two, three. Girl power. That's what I'm screaming. I love y'all.